0: Welcome back to Fortitude, folks. I'm JW and my co-host, Brenton Payne. EP, normally we like to do fun stuff around here. Our guests normally make us laugh. They're very interesting. Today's guest is no exception, but today's a little more serious mood, and you're you're about to find out why. Are, uh, due to the extreme nature, sensitive nature of this show and our next guest's occupation. We've been asked to conceal his identity, to protect him in face only in his work. Um, this man, an officer in the human trafficking unit of the 4th Police Department, his name's Wayne Menzies. Uh, he's a former Marine, uh, served his time, left the Marines after 9-11, he re-enlisted. He was so moved by what happened, re-enlisted to the Marine uh, Corps for another three years. So that's a huge deal in itself. After that, he joined the, the police department here in Fort Worth. Where he served for 14 and, and the right, unit. Mm-hmm. Wayne, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very
1: much. Yes. I started your applause early, Wayne, after the 9 uh, 11 going back in. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. for being here. So tell us about the 9 the 11 stuff because you, you were out of the Marines and then you went back in. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I was in the Marine Corps uh, in, back in the 80s and uh, did four years active duty. And then, uh, um, since I've been here on the department, um, in the last 19 years, uh, I reenlisted, uh, back in, uh, 2010, went back to the Marine Corps, uh, because I wanted to go to Afghanistan, um, since 9-11 was, uh, a moving issue for me. So, anyway, I got my deployment and, uh, finished my time out, and here I am. That's That's great.
0: Currently, you're with the human trafficking unit at the 4th Police Department. Um, Tell tell us and tell us who don't know, what is human trafficking?
2: So human trafficking is when a person uh, recruits, transports, provides, or obtains another person uh, through force, fraud, or coercion for the purposes of commercial sex or labor. Services um, the only caveat to that is is that when a minor uh, is trafficked there's no uh, requirement for forced fraud or coercion because they're too young right. to mm-hmm. consent
1: so who d- who does this you know this has become like bigger and bigger we like when we were younger we didn't hear about this you know when our parents sent us out to play like this was not a thing so how did this come about
2: and who does it well this has been going on for ever yeah uh people have always been forced into uh especially women of course forced into commercial sex uh it's just that you know you know finally you know uh, as a nation, um, and uh, we decided to do something about it and um, you know enact some laws to be able to deal with that. And so after that came the states, right? Yeah. So then the states started making laws about it. Um, and we, uh, here in Fort Worth PD, <coughs> we start our human trafficking unit. Out of my old unit, when I was in Vice, my partner uh, was, and another officer were the first two to begin the human trafficking unit here back in two thousand six.
0: Oh (coughs) wow! Fair to say, the goal in these people who do this terrible thing is money. Yes, yes. All that matters to them.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a multi billion dollar industry around the world. Around the world. Is it worse
1: here because we border another country?
2: Uh, not necessarily. So, there there's a confusion amongst many. Uh, I hate to say, even police officers, and the difference between uh, when it comes to the difference between human trafficking and uh, smuggling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, smuggling is a crime against the border, and human trafficking is a crime against a person, right? Okay. So, you hear a lot these days. Uh, a lot of Super important people saying trafficking, you know, with the issue that's going on across the border. Well, you can be trafficked if you're smuggled, but smuggling is not trafficking. Separate, separate things. Separate issue, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's worse here because of, you know, the corridor, right? We're on the 35 corridor. Yeah. And um, so, you know, just like drugs, we have a huge problem with drugs because of what's going on you know, coming up, you know, up and down 35, right? So um, that's one of the issues, I should say. Okay.
0: Is there a correlation, Wayne, between drugs and (coughs) trafficking? Do they intersect or just parallel paths? Yeah.
2: um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So I find that uh, uh, a lot of, besides a lot of our victims being forced to take drugs, uh, a lot of uh guys who sell dope they also sell girls Mm -hmm. and a lot of guys have left the dope game right to uh traffic women Mm -hmm. because it is more of a hidden crime they're not running around with you know a bag of dope in their car they've Mm -hmm. got a girl there it's not as obvious that kind of thing so but can you
1: well let me ask this how big is the problem Kind of nationwide, and then how big is it? Is a
2: problem here in the metroplex? So nationwide, um, and and uh, when we were talking offline, I was talking about how I don't like stats because uh, many different organizations come up with stats, mm-hmm. and um, they tend to be different. Uh, but uh, I would say, you know, at many, minimum, there are. Tens of thousands of people being trafficked uh, at any given time, in this country. Yes, in this country, and uh, you know, of course, I am lowballing that because I I like to be careful with those things. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And then, what about here in the metroplex? Like, what's is it like a uh, trafficking bust? Is like, what's the one of the larger ones that you've been part of or that's happened in this area?
2: You know, <clears throat> in this area, most of them are not. Uh, that big Mm -hmm. they're more small type operations Um, most of what you see that ends up you know being on television about what we're doing is um, you know a culmination of a certain um, amount of operations right so we'll do multiple operations Mm -hmm. under a certain name. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, you see those big numbers come out, Mm -hmm. but it's from us constantly, you know, doing that instead of, you know, um, it, it being just one or one group of people doing it. Yeah. Do,
1: do the television shows that depict this stuff, are they getting closer to reality or further?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, no <laughs> they're, not, they're they're pretty off, so uh that's the other miseducation you know uh I find that in many ways television is the most miseducating thing in America um because it's so uh you know uh, basically confuses people about what is really going on so most people think of uh taken. Mm-hmm. when they think about yeah. trafficking, but right. that's not yeah. what it looks like. Taking one, two, or I believe there's <laughs> a third, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, I love them. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's not reality here in America. And, you know, it's not for me to say that it doesn't exist. Right. Right. So because in many parts of the world, um, especially like in the Balkan area, um, there are cases like that. Right. But here um, we find more um, that it is a psychological uh, type of thing instead mm-hmm. of, you know, people being snatched in white vans, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and because of that med- miseducation, we tend to get tips about white vans and stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it kind of gets crazy. Yeah.
0: Wayne, who are the typical victims? What do the vi- typical victim look like?
2: So that is really not that simple um because victims they are everyone from you know the poor kid you know in the high crime neighborhood to uh to the kid that comes from a really nice family in Grapevine yeah um and and the reason why that is 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 because you know people don't think about, you know, the fact that social media brings a lot of criminals into your home. Uh, there are so many people that people wouldn't let into their house, but they give their kids a phone, don't pay attention to what they're doing. They're on Instagram mm. and those bad guys that they wouldn't let in their homes are in their homes anyway because they're on the phone in their, you know, 13-year-old daughter's bedroom. Wow. Let's stick to
0: that, Wayne. So that was one of our later questions. You're already touching on it. How do these traffickers find their victims? And you mentioned social media. Is that the most common right now? Yes.
2: Yes, it is. Um, We've had cases off of multiple multiple social media um, sites, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, um, Snapchat, all those things. Mm. Um, And a lot of our victims are contacted um through those sites um after traffickers look at their photos and and find that it's a good target and they look at all the problems that they're complaining about you know online and stuff and uh they contact them this girl thinks that she has an interested boyfriend who is you know around her age or Mm -hmm. possibly her age And they go out on a date and it goes from there. So, And then do they abduct them at the date? Is that what happens like
1: that or no? It's more of a (laughs) coercion,
2: like a mental thing, right? Right. So it starts out as, you know, a girlfriend, boyfriend thing. And then they get, you know, typically get sexually involved. And, you know, he starts making up stuff like, you know, uh, you know, you can come over to my hotel and, you know, he'll, or, or house or whatever, and she'll go visit. And next, you know, he's saying that uh, stuff about you know he really needs to pay his bills. Can she help him out? And mm-hmm. and then it just grows from there. It's a it's a slowly you know slow grooming of the victim.
1: Is it so. a, is there a cultural <coughs> thing to it? Is it um, you know in some places it's like hey look look at me you know like yes. So a cultural thing to being owning people, a pimp, you know tra- yeah, trafficking yeah. People? Yeah, I mean oh, yes. I'm going at that a little bit oh, but yes. it's kind of throughout like not just what oh, you yes. would typically think you know yeah
2: So so it is So um uh I used to live in Chicago and I remember the pimps and how they dress they're typically you know these pimps dress and these big hats and all this stuff from way back when they don't dress like that here, but it is uh, a very cultural thing in the black community here Um, and really need to get educated on it because like it's something that is looked up to uh, by many, Mm. you know, uh, you see these pimps in, uh rap songs uh a lot of these rappers are former pimps Mm -hmm. um also so you know and and then you have uh there's a there's a i can't remember the name of it but there's a there's this pimp uh event that happens every year uh where these pimps they actually get you know trophies and they get (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they get wow. uh, awarded to be like the best pimp and this all is this stuff. currently? Oh, yes. It's been going on for years. Uh, has the internet made it just explode? Like even... Uh, or it was I'm sure the the, the internet has, uh, has made it worse like it has many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think it's more it's just hard to say, so rap songs have made it worse, obviously, um because it's you know glorified there um, and um the internet has made uh, uh prostitution or trafficking worse, right because now these girls are on you know uh Twitter, which mm-hmm. I forgot to mention earlier, yep. you could see them commonly on there, and so they promote themselves, they make themselves look good they make it look like it's this big fancy thing and other girls get involved and, you know, and, and it goes from there. So, yeah. Yeah. They're
0: doing this under coercion from the pimp that you mentioned that they're being forced to do this, to earn money for somebody. And they're prostituting themselves <laughs> on Twitter and social media. It's commonly how it works.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, some of them are doing it on their own, but, uh, yes, uh, some of them are on there promoting themselves for uh the pimp uh so uh, many times the pimps are controlling those Mm -hmm. accounts too so those things are happening because the pimps are putting those things on there too it's not always the girl that you're talking to or that made those accounts right yeah so
0: i gotta be i gotta believe and i'm probably i'm wrong but social media seems to have controls to do certain things i assume they have some sort of uh, program to identify and find some of these guys you would think are there ways around the controls that twitter might have to curb this kind of behavior and do you, know, you think or is it just free-flowing no stopping it
2: uh i think the the social media giants can do a lot more about it um because it's so obvious i yeah. mean it's, yeah, it's out there. There are so many different um, hashtags that they use on Insta- on Instagram. Um, there are so many accounts that are obvious, you know, there's so much porn and um, uh, prostitution and human trafficking going on on these, these uh, um, platforms that there is no way. I mean, they have algorithms for all kinds of things and they can't get get rid of this stuff right yeah. I, I, I don't
1: so is that one of your biggest challenges is well first of all do you in this business this business you know what you're doing feel like man we're just barely staying above this or like we're not even yes. on this like we're, we're like it's we're constantly being
2: pulled down like yes. we, we can't keep up kind of thing. absolutely it's 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 uh I can't even put words to the magnitude of it. It's 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 so enormous that it is it would be impossible for uh, all agencies in the United States to stop this thing from happening. Um, and it's been like that for a long time. You know, uh, the internet is pretty much the worst thing that ever happened to victims of trafficking, mm. and you know. Um, and, and of course there's great things about the internet, but, um, I was around doing this stuff in vice, uh, back in 2006 where, you know, we only had a few sites doing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, we had Craigslist back then before that was pressured out of the game, you know?
1: Um, was that happening on Craigslist then or no, it was pretty legit like product?
2: site <laughs> always happening on Craigslist right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, but it, you know, it wasn't so, it, it wasn't all over the place like it is today. Mm-hmm. So many things have caused that to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can go into that, but you know, it's, it just many things have, have caused it to explode, uh, including, uh, something that a lot of people don't realize, like. Backpage was one of the worst things that ever happened to law enforcement of victims of trafficking. The, what I mean is Backpage coming down was one of the worst things that happened.
1: Oh, that's a site? I thought you meant like the Backpage of some of these publications, you know, like the ones where you'd see what concerts and, you know, kind of the, mm-hmm. the weeklies the and stuff. Yeah. the yeah. Backpage was like Backpage. a...
2: Backpage.com. Oh, right.
1: I, no idea. Yeah.
2: Didn't, right. Okay. So the FBI took down Backpage.com. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, you know, those guys did a great job, but who knew? You know, they took it down, and so uh, a lot of these victims began being um, um, pushed out to many different other platforms, yeah. and it became a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more prevalent on social media because of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, back in the day, Craigslist or, or Backpage, you can go to Backpage and you can find many more victims on there than than you than you can in one location today, right? So um they were easier to find. And because Backpage was taken down then and they splintered off mm-hmm. um it, it became an issue for us in law enforcement. Uh and that that's not the only issue that that that, that affected us. Uh, uh that that's not the only way that it affected us. It also caused a lot of these guys to say, Okay, so Backpage was brought down by the FBI here in the United States, so I'm gonna move all my servers overseas. Mm-hmm. So they moved their servers over. Well, that's where they keep their money, Wayne. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they moved their servers overseas to Europe. Yeah. So they're, you know, you can't really send them a subpoena, you know. Mm. So it became more difficult because of those things.
0: Wayne, how, how often are trafficked people, girls mainly, but how often are these people recovered
2: or saved? So um, I can't. I can't really speak to that, you know, for the entire nation, but um, I, I I would think that you know, uh, victims are recovered daily in the United States, right? So, <clears throat> um, it is definitely a constant effort, you know, and um, I think we recover a lot more victims than we had we have numbers for, mm-hmm. because one of the problems is is that. A lot of these victims don't outcry. Mm. So we get them, we bring them back. We know they're being trafficked, but they're like, no. They don't Um, want to
0: be saved necessarily. No.
2: Or they don't want to rat somebody else out, right? This is not as easy as people think. You can't, these people are not, you know, you you look at a lot of these uh, uh, anti-human trafficking videos and, and stuff that you see on TV and, you know, they use pictures like, you know, a girl reaching out, you know, saying, help me and all this stuff. And, you know, we don't really like that because it's not what it really looks like. Yeah, um, it, It's not like if you kidnap the neighbor's kid and, you know, a day later you go get her and she's so happy and 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 running to the cop. It doesn't look like that. Right. Does it look like, you know,
1: the <coughs> hand sign thing came up recently it, and you said
2: that the taken thing, but...
1: Does that, ha- I mean, that is that just a total rarity like that? I don't really know what you're talking about. You know, about.
0: the TikTok, the girl was was abducted by somebody and she had a, there's a TikTok sign that means help, I believe. Uh, you haven't heard this? No. Anyway, she did it out the window and her it was somebody she knew, maybe a stepdad or somebody she did it to somebody in the car next door rec- recognized uh, as, a, as a call for help, called the cops and they pulled her over and got her and saved her right that was that was what he was talking about but yeah i haven't okay, i okay, haven't it's hard for me
1: to keep up with the news no, no yeah
2: you got your own news probably <laughs> yeah. to keep up with yeah it's, yeah so yeah it doesn't really look like that um uh typically it is like pulling teeth getting these victims to actually outcry to be in traffic
1: with what when you talk about that then do you ever i mean i was sitting here listening to you and i was like i probably lose like hour or two just to worrying about life stuff, you know, a night. I got to think, uh, how often does Wayne sleep, you know, and how do you get to sleep? Because you see just this, the worst in humanity, right? And, and so, and then you're saying that it's real hard to kind of resolve some of it due to where the victim is. So, Maybe talk about that a little bit, just kind of what gets you up in the morning and kind of keeps you going and, and some of the positives, if there are any in, in this stuff. And it's clearly probably a challenge.
2: Yeah. I mean, as a police officer, anyway, you see the worst things Mm -hmm. ever, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, a couple of years in a department, you're going to calls where people's brains are laying on the floor, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, so I hate to see, say that you become totally numb to it, and it, and it's not like it doesn't affect you, but you learn how to put those things aside, you know. Um, I, my lack of sleep times is probably trying to go to sleep thinking about what I'm going to do the next day for some case or something. Yeah. So, so it affects me in that way, but, um, you know, and... So is it like to is
1: that like a step ahead, like I could get the bad guy this way or is it more uh, like situational? Like if we went here like that type is it more strategy kind of staying awake, like your mind's going like that.
2: Yeah. You know, you get to thinking about how to be able to find some of them, too, because so a lot. Or a huge amount of our victims are runaways. Mm hmm. So uh, that's a that's a massive amount uh, uh, part of our uh, our problem, right? So, you know, a lot of times I'll get a tip on a kid, you know, that they're being trafficked, and you know, spend that much so much time doing surveillance and you know, just being out there trying to hunt this kid down, or you know, trying to respond to her ads because that's that's what I do, right? Yeah. I, I contact these kids from these these ads and try to get them to come in and meet with me for commercial sex, right? Yeah. So, but so you know, it, it's all strategy, like you said. You know, trying to see what I'm going to do the next day, and and you know something bothered me about you know something to, a kid said or something like that. But yeah. you know I, you know you get you get kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but. You know,
1: you, you do take these things home. real quick with those, with the runaway thing, how much, if you get a percentage of those kids are using or abusing drugs too, like, is, is it just go hand in hand? Like, yes. I mean, do they, are they running away because of the addiction has gotten so bad at home that they're forced to run away? Like it's done there. And so that's the cause of the runaway or, well,
2: typically, uh, like most of the kids that we deal with, they might smoke marijuana or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they usually don't get into the hard drugs until they start being trafficked. These guys get them on dope mm. so that they depend on them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're using drugs, you know, you can't get it at home. Yeah. You know, why would you go home when there's your supply, right? Like your pimp is your supply, right? Mm. So um, so it's
1: almost like 100% that the drugs are involved with this.
2: yeah yeah it's 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 very much involved uh most of the time some of our victims when we get them these teenagers would be so whacked out on dope you know when we recover them that we can't even interview them mm. because we we need to we need them to be stable in yeah. order for us to yeah. be able to get a good interview right yeah so you know and they, and they have a lot of mental problems too because a lot of their problems started at home mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, it, they didn't their problems didn't start from trafficking right right most of them have a background of sexual assault right so they have broken homes a lot of them right so things happen to them when they're younger and they carry those things with them and they're unresolved mm-hmm. so you know they start running away from home and that's how pimps get them right mm. you when you if you have a if your kid is 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 part of a broken home, you're more likely. Your kid is more likely to get into this kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're 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 concealing your face today because you're undercover. Um, would you you talked about it a little bit by by responding to some of these ads? Is the, would you tell us your role and what the, what the police department, the human trafficking unit, is doing in an effort to stop this as much as you can tell us? I know most, a lot of the stuff you do is highly classified maybe you can't share the trade secrets and catching these bad guys, but right generally speaking, what do you, what do you do in, in your role?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's not, I don't make it, make it seem fancier than it is, uh, but it's, it's not really classified. It's just that I don't, you know, we don't want to say everything that we do so that people out there who do this stuff can, yep. you know, learn our strategy, right? <laughs> like you said, right. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope a lot of these people aren't watching our podcast, but <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there, you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, I do. Uh, so I've, I've worked undercover for 14 years. And, uh, so there are a lot of precautions that I take mm-hmm. that go beyond sometimes what I need to take, but I, I have to make sure that I do these things just in case. Yeah. So, so if, so if I'm to say one thing here that, you know, affects whether or not I can, you know, recover one victim Mm -hmm. from trafficking, Mm -hmm. then it's worth it. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm so careful about what I do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because even in the police department, a lot of officers don't understand why undercover officers are doing stuff. So like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, you know what, uh, one misstep for me can cause me to lose the ability to recover one child. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, you know, that's what's most you important. Do you have like right? a
1: checklist that you go through like on those? Or you just, you learn from the job
2: kind of where your no, boundaries I've just are? Learned, I've just learned from the job to be mm-hmm. more careful than yeah. I need to be, you know. Um, sometimes, so the victims, uh, like I said, these victims are not out there just waiting for us and, you know. Yeah. yeah. Hoping the cops, they actually hate us. Mm-hmm. They're taught to hate us, right? So... Yeah, I forget where I was going with that, but
1: yeah, that's gotta be a, a damn hard job, you know, with like, like that. And you got somebody who's under the influence of something and then yes. her, aren't that excited to see you. No, they're and, not. And, yeah. So I'm sorry. I
2: didn't finish answering your okay. question. I don't think.
0: Uh, well, we, we go in a lot of different tangents here. We forget. <coughs> that. There's, there's so much information here. It's, it's hard to put a, put a collar on it, right? It's, it's right. all over the place, but You've mentioned to me off the line and before the interview, you got here some of the big events that draw in a lot of these traffickers. Uh, the Super Bowl being the primary, right? And then you mentioned the uh, Texas Motor Speedway. Yes, race a couple week, couple of months ago, or a month ago. Yes. Can you can you tell us about how that how that worked for you guys? Is that something you can talk about? because um, you had a really you had success, if that's the right word, in catching some of these these guys and right. capturing some of these girls, and getting them back. But
2: right right we we have so I don't want to really talk about like you know how how and when we deal with these things, yeah. well, the only thing I'll say is that um is that it is very common that uh there are a lot of victims of trafficking and you know girls who just prostitute on their own to be in the area of big events um uh there's also even the stockyard rodeo mm-hmm deal going on, right? When that goes on, right? So, we do um, uh, deal with those and and try to deal with situations like that. Um, there's also, you know, these pimps are not, they've become a lot more educated than they were yeah. way back when, right? During the Craigslist days, right? So, they actually will take their Girls around the country. That's what it's about. to, to ask, events. Is- they will bring them from one state to the other just mm-hmm. to be at an event mm-hmm. in order to, you know, if, if the Super Bowl is coming here, the amount of girls that are here from out of state, you know, is a lot more than normal, right? So they they do follow the events. Um,
0: what, is it because there's just a larger customer base. Is that yes why?
2: Yes. And then so, I mean, they're just looking for customers, right? So if they've got a girl, they if a pimp has multiple girls, a lot of times they'll have them in different hotel rooms and they won't even know that the other one exists. Right. So the girl will think that that's her boyfriend, right? And she's just helping him out, whatever. And he, she's being pimped out of one hotel room, right? And she thinks she's the only one. Well, this guy's got... 20 girls and they're all separated in different rooms. Right. So those rooms have to be paid for. So, you know, he needs to be able to make that money. So, um, pimps will even like, they've gotten so smart where they will even like put feelers out. They will put ads in different areas of the country and not even be there and see what the responses are to those ads before they even take them there.
1: That's how smart they've gotten, right? Let me let me ask on industry size, what's the most amount of cash you've ever grabbed somebody
2: with? You know, uh, really, uh, I can't tell you it's that much. You know, it's, it's the bigger operations that, you know, yield that much uh, uh, cash, right? Mm-hmm. It's the bigger pimps. Like uh, there was one up north. I'm sure you all probably heard of it where, he was just living in the neighborhood and he had all these girls and he was constantly having parties, so we kept getting complaints on it. North hmm. Fort Worth? Yes. Um, was it a VRBO house? I heard that they that like VRBO houses
1: are big, you know, to rent houses for the weekend and stuff.
2: Uh, this guy was staying. He rented so he rented it for, uh, um, for that purpose. It's a bigger house. It's uh-huh. way up north. It's, it's up there close to uh, I forget the name of that street, but um, so it was a big deal because one day Dallas came and they hit the house. Um, I was getting complaints on it and I was investigating it, but I wasn't seeing much. Mm-hmm. But Dallas had a different couple of different pieces going on. They actually had the pimp getting in trouble over there and they've, they got an outcry there. So they've, they got the better evidence over there to be able to deal with it. And in the end, what it turned out to me is this guy was uh there was there was always fancy cars at the house Mm -hmm. uh rolls royces Mm -hmm. bmws mercedes and stuff like that and so when they hit the house um they found out that this guy had like a team of five different girls uh um or, or five different teams of five girls and he would send them to different parts of the country so you know they had like a day or two off or whatever and he'll send them to a certain area like you know one team will go down to let's say austin or something hmm. so like he'll go uh that team go to goes down there and you know in those days that they're down there the east have to bring bring back you know five thousand dollars so he's getting you know like five thousand dollars per girl And five girls in each team, and he's got five teams, and that's how much gas he's pulling in a week, right?
0: These girls, though, you said it before, some of them don't want to be caught or want to stop, but do they, at some point, do they get tired of that life and they realize that this is not okay? Or is it just a perpetual
2: monster? (laughs) They do. I mean, look, I mean, in my experience working, you know, these types of stuff, uh, these types of things, and, and, uh, even strip clubs, you know, I've spent an enormous amount of time in strip clubs and vice and, and, you know, wherever there is, you know, uh, sexual, um, you know, promiscuity, but yeah. Going on with, w- with women, I find that, um, the women don't really enjoy what they do, right? Yeah, They're yeah. doing it for the money or they're doing it because they're being forced to, right? Fear, and, right? Like fear-based action. Right. Yeah. and, and. So a lot of girls that you see in strip clubs are actually victims of human trafficking. And a lot of those girls that you see there, you think they're just dancing. A huge amount of them are actually either being trafficked or they're prostitutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went off on a tangent again. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. I, do I really
0: that. don't understand why. I mean, listen, I'm a guy, but why strip clubs exist? Because it just breeds that, that kind of filth. And yeah, I don't like them. I don't know why. And, Listening to you and yeah. hearing this, there's a problem with the pornog- pornography industry and the strip clubs. Right. Why can't they shut that down? is that if that were shut down, wouldn't that solve a huge problem? I or think would it,
1: it make it rise, like more, like would, it, just like the back page thing? You think shutting that down and then it starts coming out in other places?
2: Well, I I don't know that it would. I I think that a lot of trafficking would still exist because a lot of the girls and there are victims of trafficking, but I would rather not see any strip clubs um, because it kind of feeds into that whole thing. Right. And then a lot of the pimps make their girls. I mean, these girls will work for hours selling their bodies at night for the pimp, you know, or during the day. And then, then you'll send them over to the strip cup to make more money. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely a part of the problem in trafficking. Uh, if you go to a, if you want to see something interesting go to a strip club uh around the time of closing right yeah and see what the guys look like to pick them up uh oh, you wow. can tell yeah, yeah. They're the, you they're the can pits? tell yeah, yeah you can tell yeah so i don't know many people who are um
1: conscious enough at that time uh not under the influence you don't
2: no, i'm being right. facetious. <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah, that's that's definitely a part of uh, our problem. Is you know, uh, our society is so sexual, and it's only becoming worse. And so, you know, we as a people need to reel this thing in, you know, because you know, it, it, as society changes and gets more sexual, we're just you right. know promoting this type of thing, you mm-hmm. know, to you had happen. Comments you right? made earlier. Yep. Yeah. So, is there a
0: way to? Um Measure your successes in this. I know you said it's overwhelming, but like the sting at Texas Motor Speedway or the Super Bowl was here, you know, what a decade ago. You you grab a bunch of folks and save some girls. Is that considered success in your business?
2: It is, but we don't we don't focus on patting our backs for this stuff at all because like there's so much that goes on, mm-hmm. and there's there are so many girls still out there that it really, you know, it feels good when, you know, somebody gets arrested or you put guys in jail. You know, we, we did one recently where we, where we got a guy that's, a he's a, or was a air traffic controller at DFW airport. Nice. And, um, you know, it felt good to get them. So you once in a while, you have something that makes you feel great. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like you're down, you know, all the time. You're not. But, you know, once in a while you'll celebrate off of some, you know, somebody, you know, getting arrested. But um, I guess we, I don't know. I, I don't really look at numbers. Mm-hmm. I just take them one at a time. Yeah. And the success is like when you feel good is when you get some of these girls in, yeah, you know, and you recover them. Uh, There's girls that I chased for months, you know, uh, that kept going out there. There's and just lost a lot of sleep over, you know, um, spending many nights, you know, on weekends and stuff doing surveillance, you know, and trying to get a hold of them, trying to call them in from ads and. You know, the girl will say, Yeah, I'm coming. And it's really not that easy. People think Cause you just, why don't you just go recover them? Well, we have this thing called the Constitution, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to contact them off ads and they'll say, Yes, I'll come. And then they cancel at the last minute. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that, like that, that, you know, are frustrating when you finally get them. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're celebrating, you know? But um, do you ever have any
1: that come back? You know, after maybe some years of not living that way, and thank you. Have you ever had anything like that? You know, like kind of breaking the cycle type of deal.
2: Um, we don't really get to see what happens. What happens yeah. after much, but we learn it from. So we work with uh, uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, mm-hmm. that help us on the back end to help these these people you know in their recovery and so we'll find out from them sometimes that you know somebody's doing good or we'll contact you know dfps Mm -hmm. or what we call cps right um and they'll say, Yeah, they're doing good. They're doing this, that, and the other. And it really feels good when you hear those stories. Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel better recovering the girls than I do putting the bad guys in jail. Mm-hmm. And it's that I don't like putting bad guys in jail, but I like to see success in the life of the victim. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when they're kids. Sure. Right. You sure. know, they're back in school and mm-hmm. they're not on drugs anymore. And, you it's know, it's great to hear.
0: So, yeah. there, uh, is, it, is it a fair question to ask you how many? People, specific people, are you currently searching for right now? Is there, is it like tandy of you have a list, running list?
2: Uh, and it's changing I, every day. I don't really have that number for you. You know, Fair it enough. changes as we get tips in. Yep. Um, and, um, so there's a lot of investigation that goes goes on on these tips before we really even get to the point where there's an actual case. Uh huh. You know. Because a lot of our stuff is, you know, that's why it's important for people to educate themselves about this issue. Because if they're half educated, a lot of them, a lot of people think they're educated, you know. Really, and in then, this day and age, <laughs> you don't say, Wayne. And then, and then um, you know, we get the calls where you know, you know, there a guy's driving down the road, yeah, and there's a teenager in the back see it crying, so they call it in as trafficking, mm. you know. So it, we get to chase our tails sometimes. Um, sometimes I have to, uh, you know, spend a lot of time looking into things that there wasn't really anything to, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I really wish the public was more educated than they really are yeah, about it. And and thanks for doing. That's thanks for doing this. Sure. So tell us because what, it's so important.
0: What can people in the public do to be more helpful, more vigilant?
2: <sighs> so understanding uh, trafficking is 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 the most important thing, right? Yeah. Um, what it is, uh, and um, you know, calling us when. You know, you see a situation. If it's a live situation and you actually see something that's obviously trafficking, call nine one one. You know, if it's something that is just suspicious to you, you know, uh, you can contact us and you know, or the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That right behind you on the screen. Um, yeah, I, I had written those things down, uh, but um, it, it, like I said, if it's a you know, situation that's going on right now where it's, you know, dangerous for a victim, call us, you know, call 911. Uh, It's the the officer's job to go out there, figure out what's going on, and call call us if, you know, if they, you know, their investigation leads to a trafficking situation, right? Mm -hmm. So education is the first thing to um, don't, you know, be shy to let us know what's going on. You know, yeah. Uh, this is a thing that takes a village, right? Um, there aren't enough cops. There's never enough, enough cops, right, in in this country. So there are more citizens out there, and you have more uh, of an ability to help with this, mm-hmm. you know, than we do because there are less of us, right? Yeah. So call and let us know, and you know, so that we can handle it.
0: So educate yourselves, speak up and take, speak up call. Take some action. It's a job for us to do.
2: Yeah. um, So I can't say all that with leaving out with uh, and leave out that the uh, kids that your listeners have, you know, because that's the other part of it, right? You got to look out for your own kids, right? So the internet. It's dangerous, you know, and it's important to always remember that there is so much danger out there, right? I'm not trying to scare anybody. Please, you know? do.
0: Please do the way we want this.
2: But, but the Internet is a dangerous place, right? So pay attention to what your kids are doing. Yeah, You know, yeah. don't know who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to, you know, if you can't stop your kid... Or or watch what your kids are doing online then consider taking them offline yeah you know yeah uh my kids are uh nine and seven right so they go and they play with their friends on roblox and stuff like that right but Roblox yeah. is like a virus uh, opener, it just is. so you know. Yeah, if
1: your <laughs> computers start crashing, it's because of Roblox, just FYI.
0: <laughs> Thank you for so, that.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Roblox people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, they have fun on there, but they're only allowed to talk to their friends that we know. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody else contacts them, right, you don't know them, so therefore do not respond. Like, yeah. you know, um, so just be more involved in your kids as it pertains to their you know, uh, That's uh great devices, great right. In general. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, those devices, like they reach anyone anywhere at yeah. any time, you know? Yeah. So like just pay more attention to your kids and what they're doing because social media is, it, it is, is great for many things, but it's also uh, an, a place where evil lies. So yeah. it's important not to forget There's, that.
0: There was a story a couple of years ago that went kind of viral around Tarrant County, maybe the Metroplex in general. But uh, a couple uh, older, uh, middle-aged couple, excuse me, were walking around uh, Ridgemar Mall back when it was uh, up and running, more or less. They were looking for kids and grabbing them. And this story, they followed a kid out to the car, grabbed him from his parent, threw him in the car, and was gone. I don't know why, I don't know if you remember this story, but everybody that we know was talking about it. Oh, don't be careful at Ridgemore Mall. We don't know if it's true or not, but you hear a lot of crazy things. I guess, do, do you remember this story at all? Because it seemed to make a lot of, I, a lot of headway in this town.
2: I think we, I remember we've had a lot of really um, unfounded things that happened, you know. Right. Um, with Ridgemar Mall and other malls uh, in, in the city.
0: the reason I ask you, Wayne, is that um, we see signs in the airport you know about trafficking right. travel around. Uh, are any of these kids being taken out of country? Is that, is that happening?
2: You know I, I can't really speak to that okay. because we've never had um, a situation like that. What I will tell you is that it, it it's important for it to be there because a, a lot of times these girls are traveling across state lines, right? Mm-hmm. They're pimp, of course. You know, a, a lot of it is 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 flying. Um, I would say that when they travel with them, probably most of the time that you know they're driving or whatever. But um, it's important for them to be there. But I can't I can't really speak to them being yeah. taken out of the country. That's not something that i've really heard much about at all
0: fair enough uh the occupation you're in um is it sustainable can you do this for a long period of time do you find yourself retiring at some point (laughs) you got to be close if you
2: came on this show (laughs) 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 Um, so yeah um you know I'm at 19 years so I think I can hold on for a little while. <laughs> good. That's um, good. Yeah, it's it's a tough profession to be in in general law enforcement and being being it, you know, for 25 years and some of these guys do we just had someone retire at 36 years. That's just insanity to me, but Yeah. you know, and and it, I will always love this job. Um I really don't ever want to leave this job, you know, because I love you know, protecting people, helping people, and stuff like that. I think it just—I think for a lot of cops, like it gets to the point where, you know, it just gets too stressful, and you got to get back yeah. to real life and kind of shed all that you've carried on your shoulders for so many years. Right. You know, because you carry it. You know, um, but yeah, I—I I think I'll make it good. Awesome.
0: We're so glad. Is it before we get you go? Is there any stories that? in your career doing this that really stand out as far as doing something magnificent or just maybe the craziest operations thing that's ever gone down?
2: Yeah. You can share with us? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that at home, and you know, in, in the office. And, I, you know, my I think my brain's so clouded with so many operations over the last, you know, 14 years of, you know, working undercover, that it's, it's really hard for me to kind of pull some of those stories out. It's definitely a lot of funny ones but hmm. um you know um in Vice. but uh i think you know probably the uh the trafficking um case that probably sticks with me the most is is a 13 year old that we got out of a hotel in Irving um she uh was having to you know sleep with you know, 20, 30 guys a day, mm. you know, and it, it, these girls work seven days a week, right? Uh, she started being trafficked when she was 12, mm. and um, she uh, suffered some, of course, internal ir- injuries from that. It's not normal for her to be, you know, doing that kind of thing at, you know, 12, 13 years old, but um, she was really messed up, really high on drugs, you know, uh, and these these kids are like. They're like feral cats when you get them, like they really are like, kind of like I don't really. It's hard to say it this way because it sounds bad, but they're kind of like wild animals in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're so just imagine really like a really bad wild crazy teenager on drugs, yeah, you know, uh, not to any fault of their own, but on top of that all the trauma you know that they suffer from, yeah, you know, um, that began. You know, most of the time, even before they start being trafficked, right? So um, we've had cases where parents trafficked their kids, right? Grief. So, um, you know, we've had cases where, you know, some of these kids will go out. So a lot of our kids, they um, learn real quick. These young girls, they learn real quick. You know, because the world is so sexualized and the kids are so sexualized, you know, all this sexting stuff that goes on, you know, a young girl realizes what's important, you know, what seems to be important to the world, right? That she looks good and, you know, uh, these boys, what they want from her, the pictures and all these things. And so she started, um, she started, uh, her trafficking situation started with her putting herself online. So she was making money doing this stuff on her own, and her mom found out. And she just imagine, you know what, as a parent, walk into your kid and said, "I know what you're doing." After you grab their phone and look at it, mm-hmm. but she said, "I know what you're doing." But she gives her her phone back and then leaves her, and then later on says, you know, hits her up for money here and there. Man, so now it's not important to her that her kid at 15 is out there selling her body, but she hits her up for money, you know? So it's, this is a really screwed up world. I mean, you know, a lot of it is familial, you know, uh, in that case right there, you know, we, even the parent told the detective that, yeah, I know what she was doing, you know, um, and the brother, her brother knew too, and they all got angry at us because we're you know getting involved in their business. uh her brother said um she's fifteen, she can do what she wants. why can't she do what she wants at fifteen years old right so you know these are the things that we deal with, but um it's it, we had another girl that um She's such a sad case. The first time we got her, she was screaming in the office so loud in in the in the interview room that she, you know, the captain came from other side of the (laughs) other side of the building to come see what was going on because she was so high on dope and was throwing such a fit. And so, you know, we recovered her, and then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these cases, you know, I didn't say earlier. These girls actually go right back to their trafficker mm-hmm. yeah so it, one of the important things which I, I wish should you know could change is that we can you know keep a hold of these kids and find a way you know within the law like to change things to where we could actually uh, be able to keep these kids for their own safety right. right? Because what happens uh, very often is they get put in some of these uh, – put in placement in places where they don't stop them from leaving, Mm -mm. right? We have organizations here. We put them in there, and they just walk right out, and they're not allowed to stop them. So they constantly run away, and they'll go right back to the pimp, get trafficked, come back. We'll recover them to go back and get trafficked again because of – you know, this thing called trauma bond, right? Um, So they bond with their trafficker and they really believe all these lies, too, that he's told that their life's going to be better and that he Mm -hmm. loves her. Mm -hmm. So what does she do? She runs right back to her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. right? So.
1: Well, you have a really tough job. And we try to end the show on a higher note. So, um, (laughs) you know, what we... uh, what we do ask our guests at times is, uh, family aside, you know, um, what the best day of your life is or has been. And you can be anything. That's
2: a tough one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Are it is. Are you talking about work or?
1: You can be anything. It can be anything um, that, uh, that, that any way you want to answer.
2: I don't know, that's, that's okay. a really hard one to it answer. It could be going back, because because it be so going back
1: to, um, it's it's whatever. And if you don't have one, <laughs> the, we can take this out, it's I,
2: it's whichever. I didn't know it was the best name of my life, right? Um, at the time, right, I was excited, but uh, in 1988, um, in August, I think it was the 16th, I took a plane from my country to America, and um, Belize, yes. And I came to America, and I hit ground at um, at uh, Miami in uh, Miami um, International Airport, and it was the beginning of uh, a very beautiful thing that led me to um, where I am today, and to having a wonderful wife and. You know, being able to have a house in America and um, being able to have a good job, have a, have a, you know, I mean, my kids are great. My wife's great. And America is, you know, it is the best thing that happened to me besides Jesus Christ himself, right? So. That is Awesome.
0: Well, Officer Menzies, we appreciate your time. We're grateful for you and people like you. We wish you all the successes in the world in this regard. Don't ever stop. Thank you. Take them all down. Uh, You can hear us more on FW on social media. Thank you for joining us. We're truly grateful for this uh, education.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you.